Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Today I'd like to continue to speak from where we were listening, where we were hearing last week. Pastor Hannah was talking about the Holy Spirit in revival. And I think even as every child of God, as we're growing in the Lord, we need an active experience of living and walking with the Holy Spirit. We've been hearing about the Holy Spirit. Many people, they hear about the Holy Spirit, but they think in their heart, well, that was for Bible times. Maybe that was for some great men and women of God. Maybe that was not for me. I don't know if the Holy Spirit will work in my life in the same way that God has worked for others. When we look in the Word of God, we see the Holy Spirit engaged in the life of people all through the Word of God, right from the beginning. When you look in God's Word, we see that Adam and Eve, the Bible says, they were born of the Holy Spirit. Adam and Eve were called the children of God, the sons of God. Genesis in chapter 2 and verse 7 We see the Bible saying, then the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living person. See, man was formed from the earth. But the breath, the life came into man from the Holy Spirit. His body was formed from the dust, but his life was from heaven. And even today when you look at the lives of people, many people have a form of life. But it's only when the Holy Spirit comes into our life do we truly begin to live life to its fullness. The Holy Spirit was there right from creation. Even today, God is moving us on and saying, I don't want you just to have a, a life that when you're born, I want you to have something more amazing. That is why when Jesus came, He came with a new message. John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 5. We see Jesus speaking with Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a priest at that time. He was ministering among the Jewish people. And uh, one day in the night, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, uh, I want to know how to, you know, how do I, what, what, what would you like to tell me about knowing more about this thing that you're talking about? And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was wanting to enter the kingdom. Tell me more about the kingdom. And Jesus said, unless you're born of water and unless you're born of the Holy Spirit, you can never enter the kingdom of God. So this was a new introduction that the Holy Spirit is not only, you know, going to just was not only something for the Old Testament prophets and the priests and kings. Now the Holy Spirit wants to get you and me born again. Every child, every person that would receive Jesus Christ into our lives as our Lord and as our Savior, we would repent from our past life and we would receive Him as our King and live for Him, we would be born again. So Jesus was telling Nicodemus, That, you know, unless someone is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. When we are born 
of flesh we can only relate to we can only connect to we can only appreciate things of the flesh but when we are born again of the spirit we begin to connect to relate to and appreciate things of the spirit every human being living on earth they are able to appreciate things on earth. You see, when young kids begin to grow up, they suddenly connect to things on the internet. They're looking at the latest fashions, the latest uh, music, the latest sound, the latest, you know, the latest stuff that's exciting them. Why? Because flesh connects to fleshly things. It doesn't take something new for them to connect. But the day they're born again, something begins to change inside their life. There's something begins to change inside their heart. They begin to connect to the things of the Holy Spirit. When I look back in my life, I remember I was empty and broken. And before I got to know Jesus as my Savior, the flesh connects to the things of the flesh. I got into all kinds of things, music and, and sport and art and studies and all of that. And flesh was connected to things of the flesh because that's the natural thing you can connect to. Everybody born in the flesh they connect to the natural things. How to make money, what where to do a career, what to do with your life and all of that. And when they oftentimes look at people who are born again and walking in the spirit, they wonder what's wrong with these people. Why don't they connect to fleshly things like we connect to? Why don't they appreciate worldly things that we find value in? This is the difference between a person who's born again and not. A person who's not born again, the only thing they are able to appreciate and connect are the things of the world. Therefore, the things of the world of fame and name and money and wealth and, and comforts and convenience and all make a lot of sense to people that do not know the Lord. But once you come to the Lord, another portal is opened up. Another realm is opened up. It is the realm of a life in the Holy Spirit. What happened uh, when Jesus was saying something, when you're born again, he goes on to say, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He's saying once you get born again, a spirit realm opens up. A connection to heaven that we heard last time, last week. We heard how it, it, it prepares us for life on earth and a life in eternity. A relationship with God, life on earth, and life in eternity. When I began to encounter Jesus, when I got saved, it was like someone turned the lights on inside my spirit. Life began to take a totally different meaning. I got saved, I was so radically saved, I was so excited, and I was so moved in my heart that I wanted to spend my life living for Jesus. I remember I, 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 when, I got, when I got saved, you know, I began to tell myself, I, I, want to, I want to tell others about this Jesus. I want to know about God. I want to walk with God. I want to love God. This born again experience, it filled my heart with that joy that, that it would not be filled with other things. Because the things of the flesh make me aware of the things of the world. But when I get born again in the spirit, I begin to become aware of what heaven is doing on earth. The awareness of what God is doing on earth. And the spirit connects to spirit. Flesh is aware of things around. My spirit begins to now become keenly aware of what is happening in the heavenly realms. The Bible says in Acts in chapter 1 and verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses 
both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and as far as the remotest parts of the world. Another experience of the Holy Spirit the Bible is talking about is that God is saying, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, it is not just being born again. It's not just being conscious of sin or conscious of God, a relationship with God. Now it is going another level and getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible is saying in Acts 1.8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Before I got saved, You know, I knew about the Bible, I knew Jesus, I knew the gospel, I knew all of that. But when I got saved, suddenly it made sense. A few weeks later, I went for a conference, and at that conference, as I was praying one morning, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I began to speak in new tongues. So as I was worshipping, as I was praying... Uh, if you may, some kind of a gush or a bubbling up of some words. And I begin to speak in unknown tongues. A language that I couldn't understand. But some words begin to come out and I begin to speak it out as I was praying. And I begin to speak it out as I was worshipping. It was an amazing experience. And when this happened, I heard a voice from the Holy Spirit telling me, I have called you for full-time ministry. Oh, this was new. Because I had never heard the voice of God before that. I had never experienced that the Holy Spirit who was now on the outside was now living inside of me. There was a sense of God that that, that this Holy Spirit of God is not just someone that the Bible talked about. It's not someone that maybe Pentecostal churches talked about. The Holy Spirit of God now was living in me. I began to pray in operating the gift of the Holy Spirit, which was speaking in new tongues. As I began to operate in that gift and begin to speak in new tongues, you know, there was an experience that I began to enjoy. It was almost a prayer language. Before we did not know how to pray, but now the Holy Spirit himself is beginning to pray through us. Romans and chapter 8 was year 28, 20, uh, verse uh, 26, 27, the Bible says, for we do not know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit himself begins to pray. If you are struggling and wondering, how do I pray? What do I do? How do I, you know, I don't know how to pray. I want to encourage you. Eagerly desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It will be an open door into operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As I look back, And I begin to speak in new tongues. What a joy. I was filled with the joy of God. I was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Many others found joy, you know, in the Spirit of God when we worshipped God together. And I look back at many of the things I was involved in. Flesh understands the things of the flesh. Flesh life appreciates and experiences the things of the flesh. The person who is walking in the flesh always is saying, you know, the world and all the things around seem to be so cool and so amazing. But the moment you connect into a heavenly realm in the spirit, you begin to appreciate, oh, what a wonderful God. What a wonderful call. What a wonderful life that God is calling us for. About a week later, after getting, you know, getting saved and a week or a few weeks later, as I went to that conference and got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I heard the voice of God telling me, I have called you for full-time ministry. I did not know what full-time ministry was. So I went out and I asked some, um, a, a man standing there and I said, what is full-time ministry? And he said, oh, that God is calling you to serve him full-time and dedicating your whole life and your whole time to serve God in the ministry. 
Now, I thought to my heart, okay, cool. I come from a traditional church, and I thought in my heart, okay, maybe God is calling me to be a priest, like the local priest from my traditional church. I was so moved in my heart, and I knew I wanted to do something with my life. Life began to have excitement, began to have meaning. And, and this life, I wanted to now spend my life for the Lord Jesus. That Sunday morning, that coming Sunday, I went to the local church that I used to be part of when I was studying in college. I was sitting right at the back and I heard the local priest preaching the gospel of John. And he was saying, I do not call you servants anymore. I call you friends. Because a servant does not know the master's business. The moment I heard the, the, from the scriptures, Jesus saying, I don't call you servants, I call you friend. My heart was so moved. I sat in the back and began crying. I didn't care who was sitting around. I was tearing. I was crying, thinking, God doesn't call me servant anymore. God calls me friend. It was a new relationship now from the Old Testament experience of God to the New Testament. The Old Testament, they knew him only as servant. Now God is saying, you're my friend. All those years in my teenage years, I begin to, I lived quite a lot with my friends, for my friends. We had fun. You know, when you're in your teenage years, you're trying to impress everybody and all you want is everyone to say how cool you are and how smart you are and how much you know. And, and as a young boy, that was my desire. I, want, I didn't want anybody to reject me. I didn't want anybody to tell me no, that you're not good enough or cool enough or smart enough. But now I had a friend who was with me. I had a friend who wanted to talk with me and be with me, who loved me just the way I am. I don't call you servants. I call you friends. When I sat down and heard that Jesus was my friend, I began to cry. I was so moved. I wanted to do life with my friend now. I wanted to do life with the Holy Spirit. So that day went by. The next day I decided I wanted to go and meet this priest. So I get up in the morning and I go to his parsonage. I knock on his door and the priest opens the door and I said, uh, I would like to speak with you. He said, come on in. I said, I was so moved by your message yesterday. He said, well, thank you. And I said, I'd like to know, how can I become a priest like you? And he looked at me and, uh, you know, he probably had 30, 40 years of ministry under his belt, being a priest in that parish or in, the, in that particular denomination he was part of. And he was probably wondering, okay, uh, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, what this boy is talking about because... You know, he saw the excitement in my heart. I said, tell me how to be a priest. He said, well, uh, if you want to be a priest, you've got to do four years of theological training and then you can be a priest. The moment I heard that, I looked at him and I was almost in amazement. I'm saying, four years? I said, priest, do you know how many people will go to Christless eternity in those four years of doing theological training before I can be a priest to serve God and preach the gospel? Is there not a faster way? He looked at me and he said, mm, okay. Uh, there's a three-year course you can do. If you finish three years of theological training, you can become a priest. Then I looked at him and I said, Priest, do you know how many people will go to Christless eternity in, the, in these three years' time? Is there not a faster way? I'm sure he thought I was crazy. He looked at me and he said, Well, there is a two-year uh, diploma in theology program you can do. And with that, maybe you can then preach the gospel. I asked him, Do you know how many people will die in two years? Without the gospel. The moment I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Something began to happen in my heart. A fire began to burn in my heart. A fire of the Holy Spirit. This was not a craze or an excitement. of an, Like you got something new. It wasn't a new toy that a little boy was excited about. It was a meaningful relationship with the Holy Spirit. That brought passion and meaning. A call in my heart that I wanted to spend the rest of my life serving God. I looked at the priest and I said, is there not a faster way than two years? 
He looked at me and he said, it's not very useful, but there's a one-year certificate in theology. If you do that, well, you can preach the gospel. I can't, you can't be a priest, but you can preach the gospel. I looked at him and said, is there not a faster way? In one year, do you know how many people? He looked at me and said, there is no faster way. This is the fastest if you want to do something. I walked away from the parsonage, literally tears in my heart, my heart breaking and wondering, I got to do something with my life. I got to do something to preach the gospel. And I told myself, well, if I can't be a priest, then let me do what I can. I went down to the nearby bus station. I stood there with the little broken Malayalam that I had. Standing in that bus station, I began to preach the gospel. I sat down with somebody. I shared the gospel to that person. I began to declare to people, Jesus saves. He is the way. I was a 16-year-old boy, baptized in the Holy Spirit, away from my family, living in a hostel. But something in my heart told me, you got to tell others about Jesus Christ. And I went out there and began to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is not just an experience of speaking in tongues. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, for me at least, was not just someone getting me saved and me telling, telling me you need to go to church. There was something that came alive on the inside of me. I knew in my heart that I was not alone anymore. I knew in my heart that the Holy Spirit was putting a boldness on my heart to go and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a boldness that came in my heart. When the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, a boldness comes inside of you. Things that you believed you could never do before, you begin to do now. I want to tell all our young, my, my dear young teenagers and all the young people listening to me, we spend so much of our young years wanting others to accept us. We spend so much of our young years trying to look cute and and look beautiful. And did he look at me? Did, did she, is she interested in me? Or can she be my girlfriend so I can call and talk and hang out? We spent so many of our years in front of the mirror. And uh, what do we look like? Am I thin? Am I fat? Am I tall? Am I short? I want you to know when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, something begins to change. You begin to know that you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. That itself is a beginning of revival where you're not spending your time wondering what others are thinking about you. You're spending your days knowing that Jesus loves me just the way I am. Hallelujah. Young people, I want you to know God's called you for revival. God's called you for bringing restoration in the lives of people. When I was 16, revival hit my life. And I said, I want to spend the rest of my years bringing revival and restoration into the lives of people. We went down to a nearby orphanage. We began to tell others about Jesus. And what a joyful experience that next week, where we were leading young kids to the Lord Jesus Christ and telling them about Jesus Christ. Why? Because this was not religion. This was revival. This was revival. This was not festivity. This was not just some celebration, that, that religious celebration that people are doing. There was something in my heart that told me every single day we can spend our life living for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So just like Adam and Eve were born by the Spirit of God. And after that, when we are born again, we are born again by the Spirit of God. We are born for a life in the flesh. But we are born again for a life in the Holy Spirit. Many people that are born again and do not experience that anointing, they don't know that they can walk and talk and live and be led and be filled by the Holy Spirit every day. 
Many people come to church and they say, oh, we know what churches. They go to Pentecostal churches or spirit-filled churches. And there's a whole group of them that are there in those churches. They say, we know what these churches, we've been around a long time. We know what these churches are all about. And, and, and I want you to know, if you have not lived, if you've not been filled, and if you're not walking daily, being led by the Holy Spirit, you would never really experience the power of living a Spirit-filled life. In the same Pentecostal churches, there are other people who are every day walking with God, worshipping God, telling others about Jesus. Every day waking up in the morning and saying, oh, this is an exciting life. We'll be hearing from the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. The same church, another group of people, and they are every day saying, God, we have seen revival. We have experienced revival. Every morning we're hearing your voice speaking to us. Lord, we are excited about this life. Two groups of people in the same church. One, enjoying the presence of God and a spirit-filled life. And another saying, I don't know, you know, this is just a church and attendance that we've got to be part of. People of God, I want to ask you today, are you missing out on a life in the Holy Spirit? Are you missing out on a spirit-filled life, a spirit-led life? Are you missing out on a charismatic, Holy Ghost-filled life? The Bible is full of the Holy Spirit. Right from Revelation, Genesis all the way to Revelation. The Bible is full of the Holy Spirit. God never did anything without the Holy Spirit. He never even sent His Son without the Holy Ghost. He was born of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He ministered in the Holy Spirit. He preached the gospel in the Holy Spirit. Finally, when He was killed and buried, He was raised back to life by the Holy Spirit. How then can you and I Live a life, a church life. It becomes a churchianity when it is without the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, that's when Christianity really began. Otherwise, we're just living at an information level. Information, Jesus died on the cross and Jesus did this for me and Jesus did that for me. We're living on an information level. God wants you to move from that information level to a spirit-filled, exciting life. God says, he wants to encourage you and me that there is a life much beyond this. I went back home and I prayed and asked the Lord, 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 what are you telling me? I can't spend my life like this, you know, just wasting time. And the Holy Spirit told me, I want to use you to serve me. But the key was not in just one moment of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Bible goes on to say that God now wanted us, wants us to be filled Daily, every day, regularly. God wants you and me to have an everyday infilling of the Holy Spirit. Of course, the Bible prophesied in that day, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your son, young men and daughters shall prophesy. He was talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit that we see in Acts 2. But the Bible goes on to say in Acts 13 and verse 52, and the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The disciples were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. There is a difference between the word continuously and continually. Continuously is to do something without interruption, non-stop. Like you may say, well, 
you know, there are, the fan is running continuously. There's a difference between continuously and continually. The word continually means in regular intervals. In regular intervals. For example, our heart is beating continually, which means it's beating and I'm beating again and beating again. Or we, you know, I go to office continually on a regular basis. Now the Bible is saying that the disciples were continually filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It was not a one-time experience. It was not a one-time experience 20 years ago. Many people say, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost 20 years ago, at that time I spoke in tongues. No, God is asking you and me, if you want to live a life of revival, it cannot be a one-time experience. God is saying, would you be filled continually? Would you be filled again and again? You know, that is why the Bible says that the believers gathered every day from house to house. They were filled daily in the Spirit. How were they filled? When they gathered every day, they spent time in worship. They spent time in prayer. They spent time in the Word of God. And when they were reading the Word, hearing the Word, worshipping together, the Holy Spirit will fall on them again. They'll begin to pray in the Spirit. And they'll begin to sense the Holy Spirit. They'll operate in prophecy. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll pray for miracles. Continual outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Even in our church services. Why do the men of God come and minister? Why do we minister the word of God? Why do we operate in prophecy? Why do we pray for uh, healing? Because the Holy Spirit wants to continually fill the church. And move in the church in a very precious way. Hallelujah. God is calling you and me to live, to be filled every day. You have to be filled today and tomorrow and day after and every week where you're being filled, you're sensing because a spirit-filled life is an abundant life. A spirit-filled life is truly an eternal life, an abundant life. By going to church alone, you cannot be spirit-filled. But by worshipping God every day, walking with God every day, reading the Word of God every day, walking with spirit-filled people every day, you will begin to live a spirit-filled life. I remember the, I was, I, the fellowship I was part of when I went to college. I just got saved. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was being filled in the Spirit. I was praying in tongues every day. I made that my practice every single day. Praying in tongues. Everywhere I'd go, I'd be praying in tongues. Not very loud, but just under my breath. Very quietly, praying in tongues all the time. That became a powerful experience of my life. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. And everywhere I went, I saw people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. We pray for them. They'd get filled with the Spirit. There was a fellowship and myself and another person were the only two people that were filled with the Spirit. And in a few weeks' time, many people, one by one, I would see them in front of the library, I'd pray for them, they'd get filled with the Spirit. I'd see them on the streets, and they'll say, John, we see you praying in tongues. Can we also have that? I'd say, yes, pray. I'd pray for them. And they'll get filled in the Spirit. And slowly, the number of people, Spirit-filled Christians in our community begin to increase. And they begin to be led by God. They begin to live for Jesus. They begin to experience, they begin to sense the Holy Spirit. They begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing the voice of God? If not, I want you to know, if you're filled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can 
give you an amazing life. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which, is there, which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, God is saying, you know, the wine may be exhilarating, may be exciting, but a spiritual life is far more. Some believers come to me and say, can we, is it okay for us Christians to have wine? I want you to know, you see, when you have wine and you may end up having too much wine and you do foolish things, people look at you and call you a fool because of the foolish things that you end up doing. But I want you to know, but if you are rather filled with the Holy Spirit, Yes, you will do foolish things in the eyes of the world. When the world mocks you, heaven will stand and clap for you. The world will say, there is a fool. Heaven will say, that's our hero who is doing mighty things for God. The foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of man. Do not be drunk with wine, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. Continually, regularly, if you ever want to see revival, spirit being, being filled in the spirit regularly every single day is a key to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 4.31 says like this, And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. The, the believers gathered together. They sat together and they worshipped together. And while they were worshipping together, the place was shaken by the Holy Ghost. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the great boldness came upon them. You know, these days God wants to do these signs and wonders again for us. A few years ago, some of us were in Mizoram. We were preaching the gospel in one of the you know, conferences over there. And after the meeting was over, we had a mighty move of God. After the meeting was over, we came back to the room to give thanks that night in one of our friends' home. They were preparing dinner. And we just got together, started praying. And while we were praying together, giving thanks and worshipping, the, there was, the whole building began to shake. We thought it was an earthquake. The lady of the home came running from the kitchen saying, looks like it's an earthquake. The, the table began to move. The curtains were moving. Everything was shaking. And, 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 and people were afraid. But it was amazing that, uh, in fact, before this happened, we were praying and I was saying, God, if you want to pour out your revival upon this land, give us a sign that you're going to pour out your revival. And it's after that that this happened. The place began to shake. But what's interesting is after that, you know, after that evening, we went out and we asked the neighbors. They said, we didn't feel anything. We asked people that were about, around. They said, we didn't feel anything. We checked the next morning's newspaper to see if it was an earthquake. And it, there was no report of an earthquake. What happened is the house in which we were worshipping was shaken by the power of God. God is doing signs and miracles and wonders. Even today, God can do that in your life and my life. Uh, those that are plugged into the flesh will think in the flesh, will see in the flesh, will believe in the flesh, will understand in the flesh, will walk in the flesh, will talk in the flesh. But those who plug into the Holy Spirit, they will begin to see in the Spirit, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, think the thoughts of the Spirit. They will speak the words of the Holy Spirit. God is calling you to live that kind of life. We are living, and every day we have to live a spirit-filled life. I was just speaking with Pastor Hannah before um, the service, and I was saying, can you please remind me of some, some you know, things of the Spirit, some experiences we've had uh, in the Holy Spirit. And we were trying to recount, 
And we were saying, why is it not coming to mind? And Pastor Hannah was saying, you know, the thing is, every day we live a spirit-filled life. It's such a regular basis, uh, faith in regular basis, trusting God in regular basis, praying for miracles in regular basis, you know, speaking words of faith in regular basis, talking to people on that dimension in regular basis, that the miracles, what we call miracles today, have become so commonplace for us that that spirit-filled life, you're forgetting even stories because the spirit-filled life is an everyday experience. It's an everyday experience of God doing things for you and for me. I believe God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word with boldness. When you get filled with the Spirit, there is a boldness to speak the word. Young people will get bold. We will get bold to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ when we live a Spirit-filled life. The fear will go. What will people think about us will go. What will happen to us will go. All that fear will go. And our boldness will come. And we will pray like the early church. God give us boldness that we can proclaim this gospel. Hallelujah. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will start operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Luke 1.67, and, and, and his father Zechariah was filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied. When we see in 1 Corinthians and chapter 12 and chapter 14, we see the believers are all prophesying. The Holy Spirit filled life is a key to be sensitive to the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We'll begin to see visions. We'll begin to dream dreams. God will begin to speak to us in our spirit. We will begin to prophesy. We'll begin to give word of knowledge to people. We'll begin to operate. A spirit-filled life makes our spirit very sensitive to the voice of heaven. You'll be walking and talking and you'll be hearing the voice of God. I remember one day I woke up in the morning and I was getting ready for my class. And as I was going out, I heard the Holy Spirit telling me, go to that other friend's house. I said, why Lord? Go to the other friend's house. And I turned, I went to my friend's house and there I met with one of my friends and I shared the gospel with him and I led him to the Lord. He was leaving that afternoon from the city and I, I would never get to meet him after that. The Holy Spirit can guide you. The Holy Spirit can speak to your heart. It's an exciting life to live a life in the Holy Spirit. Not just that, when you live in the Holy Spirit, you become keenly conscious of the Holy Spirit. You become conscious of the Holy Spirit telling you not to live in sin, not to live uh, you know, in disobedience. Not to lie, not to speak all kinds of wicked things. I remember a story shared by Ravi Zacharias one day. He says he was when he was 21, he was preaching in Vietnam one day. There was a 17-year-old boy who was translating for him. As things went bad in Vietnam later on, being you know uh, anti-gospel, they arrested this young boy and they put him in prison, and they made him work in the prison and they indoctrinated him with their anti-God doctrines. They were telling him there's no God. And they would not allow him to listen to, read any English material. It was just the Vietnamese material indoctrinating the people. It is at that time when he was put in prison. One day he got up and he said, I am not going to follow this God anymore. I'm giving up on this God. And when he did that, that day he was sent to the toilet to clean the toilets because he was in the prison. And he noticed some English material, a paper crumbled and it was English on it. When he noticed that, he took it and washed it and he brought it back to his room just to, because he saw English material after a long time. When he opened it, he saw it was a page from the Bible, Romans in chapter 8. And as he read it, he said, 
What can separate me from the love of God? He cried out to God and he said, Oh God, I was on the verge today. was the last day I had decided I'm not going to follow you anymore. How much you love me that you have today given me Romans 8, a page from the Bible where they wouldn't allow anyone to read the Bible and to remind me how much you love me. Next day he told his people, the leaders, can you take me back there because I want to work in the toilets. The next day, you know, some general was tearing pages of the Bible to use for tissue paper. He would clean the excrement off and he would take that page, wash it, and he would bring it back and he would read it. And he, and you know, God began to move in his heart in a mighty way. One day, he and 53 others were planning to escape from there. And while they were planning to escape from there, the police came to him, grabbed him, and four of them put him on the wall and said, we hear you're planning to escape, is that true? And he said, no, no, that's not true. Anyway, they left from there. And he was so broken, his conscience was pricked, and in his heart he's saying, God, I'm so sorry for lying. If they come back again and ask me before we escape the next time, I will tell them. The day before they were planning to escape, these four police came back. They grabbed him and they threatened him. We hear you're planning to escape. Tell us the truth, are you? And he says, yes, I am. Not just me. 53 of us are planning to escape. And they said, good, because we're coming with you. And the four policemen, they joined these 53 of them. And a whole bunch of them escaped from Vietnam. This young man, he, you know, he, his conscience was being pricked. When you walk with the Holy Spirit... When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to your conscience. Acts chapter 5 and verse 3. The Bible says, and Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back some of the proceeds of the land? Why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? I want you to know when you live a spirit-filled life, God begins to work inside your spirit and tell you don't lie, don't cheat, don't rob, don't hurt the other people. Don't speak harshly. Let's, you know, the love of God will begin to speak into your heart. God is now calling you for a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. I want you to know the Bible says in John's Gospel 14 and verse 16, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper and he will be with you forever. People of God, the Holy Spirit is going to be with us forever. Many times we have felt alone. Nobody's there for me. And I want you to know, many times in my life I've felt alone. Even after being saved, I have felt alone. But as I bent my knees and looked to God, God, I'm feeling all alone. It's at that time I begin to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I begin to sense I'm not alone anymore. I'm not alone anymore. I'm beginning to sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I know that somebody is living in my heart. I begin to sense the Holy Spirit is in my heart, living in me. And I want you to know if any of you is feeling alone today, oh, just be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just pray right now that God would fill you with the Holy Spirit. And He's saying that He will be with you forever. That you will not be alone. He will never leave you, nor will He forsake you. Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father to send you another comforter. He will guide you. He will teach you. He will lead you. He will speak to you. He will comfort you. He will go with you everywhere you go. You can live a life of revival. You don't have to just enjoy God within the confines of a church building. Everywhere you go, you will have revival right where you are. You can bow your knees in the room where you are right now. And revival will fill you right now. Because you're not alone in a room when you are alone. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. 
You are not alone when you are in a place. The Holy Spirit will walk with you. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit is with you. God wants you to live the Spirit for life. God wants you to walk with the Spirit for life. And that's why I pray right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray for everybody listening. I pray right now if anybody, Lord God, is feeling lonely, I pray, let them be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Lord, I pray, let there be a a gushing out of your anointing. You said from their innermost being will flow rivers of living waters. Right now, if there's anybody that is hungering for the Holy Spirit right now, you're not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit. Right now, open your mouth. Let the Holy Spirit flow through you right now in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, speak it out boldly. Whatever utterance the Lord is giving you. Just let it flow right now. That's right. Let it flow right now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just let it keep, let, just keep flowing in the anointing right now. Some of you that have been saying, Lord, I've been filled, to, I've been baptized in the Spirit 20 years ago, but I've not lived a spirit-filled life. I want you to know today's your day. Just start again. Don't live a fleshly life. Don't live a, a disconnected life from the life of heaven. Today you can live a spirit-filled life. Right now, Father, fill them afresh. Oh, receive that anointing of the Holy. Receive the touch of the Holy Spirit upon you right now. Receive that anointing right now. The Holy Ghost is upon you. The Holy Ghost is upon you. Right now, Father, we worship you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing. Father, I pray, let there be a stirring among our young people. Let there be every, your young men and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Fill our young men and women, Lord, with the Holy Spirit. Let them break forth with visions to serve you with all their heart. Revival in their heart when they go to college and school. Let them be conscious of the Holy Spirit. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I thank you because you are bringing revival in the hearts of people. Let us live a spirit-filled life. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful spirit-filled week ahead. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.